0: Hi everyone and welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to this year's Oscars. I'm Sophia Simonello.
1: And I'm Nick Rockrout.
0: And on today's episode in our Oscar Contenders series, we'll be going through the nominees for three categories, Best Animated, Live Action, and Documentary Short. I love talking about the shorts every year. I feel like we have so many strange films from all over the world that are in these three categories and it's always fun to go see them.
1: They really are a fun collection of movies because we don't really have precursors for these. I There are among some of the ceremonies, but it's not like, oh, this short one here, so it's going to win the Oscar. So it's the most fun to predict. They're always the wackiest of choices. So yeah, I think our conversation today is going to be pretty fun and interesting to see if we like the same shorts or not. Yeah. Because there's such a range, I feel like it could go either way.
0: Yeah, it's funny too, because what you said about not having precursors for these, we can't get tired of them in the same way that we do the Mm -hmm. other films that we've been talking about for months in so many different ways about them premiering at festivals and seeing them in theaters and everything like that. So these are always sort of a breath of fresh air. And for listeners, these are all out in theaters right now. So some of them you can find on YouTube or via The New Yorker, Vimeo, lots of different sites. But if you do want to go see them in theaters, they're playing as a collection. So you can choose whether or not you want to go see animated, live action, or documentary. it's I always try to do at least one of the categories every year, and I did that this year for live action. It's a better way to see them in a lot of ways because you mm-hmm. can really give them your full attention, and you can also compare them to the ones that you see before, and the order really does matter in how you watch <laughs> these. Okay, so let's get right into animated short. Our nominees here, we have The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse, The Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, My Year of Dicks, and An Ostrich Told Me, The World is Fake, and I Think I Believe It. I'm so happy, like Riz Ahmed, I got to say My Year of Dicks on the pod, so we're gonna have to give you that opportunity as well when we get through (laughs) our nominees. (laughs) So our first nominee, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. The nominees here, we have Charlie Mackesy and Matthew Freud. They're both first-time nominees, and this short has some great voice work from Jude Coward Nickel, Tom Hollander, Idris Elba, and Gabriel Byrne, and this short is about four unusual friends, a boy, a mole, a fox, and a horse, who share truths about life as they search for a home. However, the boy learns that home is not always a fixed place.
1: Our next nominee, we have The Flying Sailor. The nominees here, we have Amanda Forbes and Wendy Tilby. This is Amanda's third nomination and Wendy's fourth nomination. So The Flying Sailor, it's based on the Halifax Explosion of 1917 when two ships collided in the Halifax Harbor, causing the largest accidental explosion in history. Among the tragic stories of the disaster is the remarkable account of a sailor who, blown skyward from the deck of a British cargo steamer, flew four kilometers before landing completely unharmed, but naked except for his boots.
0: Our next nominee is Ice Merchants. Our nominees here, we have Joao Gonzalez and Bruno Caetano. They're both first-time nominees. This short is about a father and son who every day jump with a parachute from their vertiginous cold house attached to a cliff to go to the village on the ground far away where they sell the ice they produce daily.
1: We did find a way for me to say it, our yes. next
0: nominee. <laughs>
1: is My Year of Dicks. The nominees here, we have Sarah Gunner's daughter and Pamela Rybin. This is both of their first nominations. So this short, it's about an imaginative 15-year-old who is stubbornly determined to lose her virginity despite the pathetic pickings in the outskirts of Houston in the early 90s.
0: And our last nominee, another great title, we have An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake and I Think I Believe It. Our nominee here is Lachlan Pendragon. This is his first nomination. And this short is about a mysterious talking ostrich who helps an office worker in need to uncover the flaws in his stop-motion universe. Our recent winners in the category, last year we had The Windshield Wiper, we had If Anything Happens, I Love You, Hair Love.
1: And most recently, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse just won the BAFTA for short animation. So... That is one of the precursors. Another one we have are the Annie Awards. It's just that these awards don't always line up, so it's really hard to say, again, like if it wins the Annie, which is the animation ceremony, like it's going to win the Oscar. That's not always the case. I do like this group as a whole. I feel like we have some pretty standard entries here. We usually have a short in the category that has a lot of voice work done by an A-list cast. So we have that this year. It has a really sweet meaning. It's based off of a children's book. So I feel like it has the widest audience there and that most people are going to really enjoy it because it's easy watching versus My Year of Dicks, which I love this title. I love the title for An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake, and I think I believe it as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about title names sometimes influencing what gets picked and... I think it could be one of these two. It's hard to say, but with my year of dicks, I love how it plays on what you think this story is going to be about and turns into this very interesting creative journey of this girl. And it's really about these horrible men in her life in this town. And I really, really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I think it really captures a very relatable time in a person's life right and it does it by using multiple styles of animation that don't feel like they ever clash I feel like they really work in this character's story in trying to navigate this sense of confusion that she feels during this time and this one so for listeners if you're watching the program of the shorts this was the one that was recommended as rated like pg-13 or r so every year there are some that get a different rating that are like designated as not for children. The other ones kids could watch just fine, I think. But yeah, I I, I feel like of these shorts, I did respond pretty well to most of them. I think if we're also thinking of the other short that has the strong title, An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake, and I think I believe it, I really enjoyed this one. Mm-hmm. I loved the stop motion animation. It had this sort of Radiohead like quality to the story of just going through the motions of your everyday life and realizing that why are you operating as a cog in the machine Mm -hmm. in this like bureaucratic world and there's more to it than that too of course because there's a talking ostrich and it exists in a different world than ours obviously but I really liked this one a lot I thought it was really strong.
1: Yeah, I love what we get to see because we're watching this monitor, but we can also see the hands working in the background most of the time. So I love that it's playing on thought and control and power. I love that it's really short. Some of these shorts we talk about today will range from like 10 minutes to 30 minutes. So even though this is on the shorter side, it gets its point across, I think, super coherently.
0: Yeah, and I will say about the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. I thought this was a really good adaptation of the book. It's very cute, and I feel like it works so well for kids. It might not work as well for adults besides just being absolutely adorable animation, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I can see this as one that you would want to show your kids. Absolutely. It has so many... I think, great lines and messages within it about friendship and home and family and your own self-worth. So I thought that was really, really sweet.
1: Was there a warning on the flying sailor or no?
0: I actually don't know. I mean, there probably should have been considering (laughs) the the characters naked. I'm not sure. I just saw that for my year of dicks.
1: Kind of like last year, I feel like almost all the nominees, there was some naked woman remember Bestia and Affairs of the Art, Windshield Wiper. They all had something. I think even Box Ballet. Gosh, what a year. Okay, so what do you think should win?
0: I actually think that Ice Merchants should win. This was one of my favorite nominees, not just in this category, but in any category. There's a moment when everything clicks for you about what's happening in this mostly silent, wordless, short film and it just really hits you emotionally. And I feel like it is really, really impressive work to accomplish that sort of feeling within such a short amount of time. So I would definitely vote for Ice Merchants, but I know you love it too, so you can you can talk about it more.
1: Yeah, I also think this should win. You're watching this short, and I love the use of color, but I'm like, Why are they flying down there every single day to sell ice? And yeah, I love that moment. My jaw just dropped and it all made so much sense. And I love that it's also talking about climate change. And again, everything is done so delicately and simply. It wasn't telling you, you had to put the pieces together yourself. And it ends on such a heartbreaking note but one that, again, makes the story come together so fully. And this reminded me of opera in a way that mm-hmm. I just totally loved its style, what it was saying, and I would absolutely watch this over and over.
0: I completely agree.
1: Okay, next up, we have live action short. Our nominees here, we have An Irish Goodbye, Evalu, Les Poupil, Night Ride, and The Red Suitcase. So in Irish Goodbye, our nominees here, we have Tom Berkeley and Ross White. They are both first-time nominees. So this short, it takes place in rural Northern Ireland, and it follows the untimely death of the mother of two brothers, one young man with Down syndrome and his estranged brother. And they go through her unfulfilled bucket list.
0: Next, we have Eva Lu. Our nominees here, we have Anders Walter. This is his second nomination. He won previously for Helium in the live action short category. And Rebecca Prusin, this is her first nomination. Our summary here, Eva Lu is gone. Her little sister is desperate to find her, and her father does not care. The vast Greenlandic nature holds secrets. Where is Eva Lu?
1: The next nominee is Les Poupil. The nominees here, we have Alice Rohrwalker. This is her first nomination, and Alfonso Cuaron, who has 11 nominations and four wins, but this is his first nomination in this category. So, this short follows the rebellious girls of a Catholic boarding school before Christmas, a time of war and scarcity.
0: Next, we have Night Ride. Our nominees here we have Eric Tevatin and Goethe Lid Larson. They are both first time nominees. This short is about a cold night in December where Ebba waits for the tram to go home after a party, but the ride takes an unexpected turn. Indeed, it does.
1: (laughs) And our final nominee, we have the red suitcase. The nominee here is Cyrus Neshvad. This is his first nomination. Description here, a veiled 16-year-old Iranian girl is frightened to take her red suitcase and leave the Luxembourg airport. So how do you feel? You said you saw these in the theater. So how do you feel about this group and how they were shown?
0: Yeah. So I saw these in a theater with my parents, which was really fun. It was interesting to see how the crowd reacted to the different shorts and how sometimes that was the opposite of how I was reacting. But the way that they showed these, so the order, we got Eva Lou first, then Night Ride. Les Pupile was right in the middle. Then we had the red suitcase and finished off with An Irish Goodbye. I really liked Les Poupilés and The Red Suitcase. The Red Suitcase is one of those short films that I think we do tend to see in this category quite often where they're just very taut thrillers, essentially. And this one moved so quickly for me in comparison to the others. I think sometimes with short films, it's hard to find your footing and figure out the pacing of these because they vary in lengths. Mm-hmm. Les Poupile is by far the longest That runs at 37 minutes, but with the red suitcase, that one, it's a tale about this girl who you know she's afraid, and you slowly start to figure out why she's so scared to get her suitcase and leave the airport, and the way that they dole out the information across the short about who she's hiding from, and there's a pretty powerful moment, I think, in the short where she takes off her hijab. Mm Mm-hmm in order to hide. And I won't give away who she's hiding from, but you feel the stakes instantly. It made my heart race the entire time I was watching it. I just needed to know what was going to happen to this poor young woman and how she was going to figure everything out.
1: This is one too. I really like this. I would actually say that this should win, but I feel like as a short, I wanted to know more. And If there was one from this category, I think An Irish Goodbye could also be turned into a feature film, but I would want the feature version of The Red Suitcase too, because I think we could get more backstory. We can see the Iranian culture that she grows up in and is trying to escape and learn about what's in The Red Suitcase more. Like, I want to know how she became an artist, why she's drawing. I mean, these paintings are beautiful and. The significance later on of the suitcase and what happens, I think with more time, we could have felt the weight of that besides, you know, seeing her reaction. So yeah, I think this is another short where it's on the shorter side, but you really feel the effect so well. But as to the other ones, thinking back to the past few winners, we had The Neighbor's Window, Two Distant Strangers, and The Long Goodbye. So I feel like these run the gambit of playing more political and being serious and Les Poupil is again about a Catholic boarding school. I feel like it's more playful and juvenile in what it's doing, even though it's a, a serious time that this short takes place in. Evilloo is pretty serious, but I feel like we're not given many details. And when the mm-hmm. short ends, it kind of just feel like it ends. I was like, wait, what happened? I think there could have been more there. And an Irish goodbye plays with comedy more, which I really liked. But it feels like, you know, we've gotten this story before of literally the movie The Bucket List. You know, something where they're (laughs) remembering. Oh my god,
0: I haven't thought of that movie in a long time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're remembering their late mother. They're trying to rekindle their brotherhood together. And it does end on a heartwarming note. So I could see some potential here for this winning.
0: I think this one, it also being the last one in the program, it was a good one to end on because Mm -hmm. it does have a really light note and reveal at the end about the bucket list that I really liked. And my theater was very into this one. I also think, you know, with the Banshees of Inna this year, we're Mm -hmm. very used to Irish Irish. (laughs) stories being told. Yeah. And this pairs nicely, I think, with that. Eva Lu definitely fits because it is this very serious subject matter, but you're right. I think it does just sort of end. It keeps things very vague and ambiguous, especially as it's being told from the point of view of the younger sister, trying to figure out where her sister went and trying to solve this mystery. The shots, I think, are really beautiful in this one, but it didn't come together as well for me as something like The Red Suitcase, for example, and Night Ride. This one is interesting because it there's quite a bit of comedy at the beginning of the short with this woman who just takes off driving the tram because she doesn't want to wait out in the cold and she's sort of figuring out how the system works. And then it sort of tries to tackle an issue which I personally don't think it does very well and doesn't didn't need to try to do for this short film. The way that it tries to tackle transphobia mm-hmm. didn't feel thorough to me, and it's a big topic to try to bring into your short film, and I don't think it was handled as well as it could have been.
1: The circumstances to begin with seem too outlandish, and it feels like they want us to identify with the character who hijacks the tram, but then she kind of feels indifferent about Helping this woman in trouble or just wanting to leave and be rid of the situation. It's such an awkward place that we're put in as viewers Mm -hmm. that I totally agree. It could have been done way differently. And yeah, I think battling comedy with drama and a serious subject matter is really hard to do, not only in a short time, but in this confined setting where I understand that a lot of the shots are, you know, people being indifferent and them showcasing this and wanting people to stand up for this issue more often. But I don't think that was necessarily what I got out of it. And the way it ends, I don't know. Speaking of endings, did you like the end of the red suitcase, the final shot? I did. It was an interesting choice. And I was like, okay, I think this works.
0: Yeah, because to me, it didn't feel abrupt. I didn't have a lot of closure with the short, but still I was still satisfied with where things ended. And I felt like, okay, I want to know more. I want to see more of this. So I feel like if that was the intended effect, I think they did a really good job.
1: So what do you think should win?
0: This is going to be contentious, but I think that Le Pupile should win. I was between that and The Red Suitcase. But when I think back to just the creativity of Le Pupile, and I love some of the directorial choices here with the editing and the way that music is used and the way that these little girls are telling this story, I thought that was really cute, really endearing, and it worked on me. It also has quite a unique tone that captures Catholicism, especially Catholicism at that time, very well of how corrupt (laughs) it all is. And this little girl, Serafina, being like the bad girl and eating the cake and everything like that. I kept thinking when I was watching this, this cute little girl, she's going to have years of therapy, unpacking Mm -hmm. all of (laughs) everything that she's learning here, speaking from experience, going to a Catholic school. But yeah, I I thought it was really cute. It might've worked on me as someone who went to a Catholic school and is also Italian, but I loved the Christmas time imagery. And I don't know if it needed to be 37 minutes necessarily. I think it had some, it could have been shorter or they could have made it into a longer feature. But I did really like it. I found it very heartwarming, even in its, a lot of things with the Catholic Church, especially around this time, they're darkly comical. And I think that this gets that tone right. All right, in our last category here, we have Documentary Short. Our nominees are The Elephant Whisperers, Hall Out, How Do You Measure a Year, The Martha Mitchell Effect, and Stranger at the Gate. Our first nominee, The Elephant Whisperers. Our nominees here, we have Kartiki Gonsalves and Gunit Manga. This story is about Bowman and Belly, a couple in South India who devote their lives to caring for an orphaned baby elephant named Raghu, forging a family like no other that tests the barrier between the human and the animal
1: world. Our next nominees haul Out. Our nominees for this short, we have Evgenia Arbugaeva and Maxim Arbugaev. This is both of their first nominations. This short won Best Documentary Short at IDA. So, remember, we talked about IDA with documentary last week. But this short follows a man waiting in his hut in the desolate expanse of the Russian Arctic. He's holding out in order to observe a natural event that occurs here every year, but ocean warming is taking its toll.
0: Next, we have How Do You Measure a Year? Our nominee here is Jay Rosenblatt. He was previously nominated for the documentary short When We Were Bullies. And this short is about how from the time she was two years old and until she turned 18, a father and daughter had a ritual where the dad would ask and film and Ella would answer questions like, what do you dream about? What scares you? What do you think about our relationship? And this film is about growing up and the love between a father and daughter.
1: Our next nominee is The Martha Mitchell Effect. Our nominees for the short are Anne Alverg. And Beth Levison. They are both first time nominees. This is about the cabinet wife who spoke out during Watergate and the Nixon administration's campaign to gaslight her into silence.
0: And our last one here we have Stranger at the Gate. Our nominees are Joshua Seftel and Connell Jones. They are both first time nominees. And this short is about a US Marine who plots a terrorist attack on a small town American mosque. His plan takes an unexpected turn when he comes face to face with the people he sets out to kill. Some of our previous winners recently in the category, we had the Queen of Basketball, Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone if You're a Girl, and Colette. How do you feel about the nominees in this category this year?
1: It's kind of a mixed bag, but in terms of the types of stories that we're watching, they're really engrossing and they're really diverse. I love that we get to see inside the forest in South India and the elephant refuge there but I also love seeing this tradition between Ella and her father and how do you measure a year I feel like it was so profound in a way again that was really simple but also learning about Martha Mitchell I had no idea who she was I'm sure you did you've lived in DC but I loved how it was filmed and how it was told and we got to really see her perspective through this I mean, it's amazing that, you know, we learn about Watergate and I've never heard her name before. So I love that it's shining this new light on her. Uh, the other two, Stranger at a Gate and Hallout, I was not as hot on. Hallout has done really well so far this season. And I think in what it's saying about climate change is really important and how it's affecting the wildlife but i kept asking myself like where is this going what are we trying to learn throughout the entire short until at the very end we learn what's happening and then with stranger at the gate again we have this really serious subject matter like night ride but i felt like it took it so far and so dramatic that it seemed way over the top when we hear the first hand account from the people involved It tackles really important issues of mass shootings and xenophobia and tolerance that I understand who this was made for, but I think it was just too much for me. It was kind of whacking you over the head with making sure you understood what it was saying, but it was like, I get it. What did you think about this or all of the shorts?
0: For Stranger at the Gate, I think the best way to say it is that we are just not the intended audience for this film. Yeah. I felt like for me, I agree with you, it was very heavy-handed to the point where I just was sort of out on the short from the beginning because of the subject matter and how I knew it was going to handle it. But I do think in what it's trying to do overall, it is successful in how the short film unfolds and details the stories of the subjects within. Every year we have political shorts here. This certainly is one, the Martha Mitchell Effect. Yes, you are right. I knew who Martha Mitchell was before I saw this short, and I was very excited to watch it. I felt like it was a really good encapsulation of her and who she was, and it's one of my favorites of the bunch. It's a really easy short to watch, and you do, I think, learn um, a lot about her through the short. With Hall Out and The Elephant Whisperers, we have her two animal, nature, Climate shorts here. We get a lot of those recognized, whether it's in the documentary short category or in documentary feature sometimes. And for me personally, while Hollow, I thought, was successful in showing how climate change is taking its toll on these creatures, and it made me really sad. I was emotional watching these. Animal films always get to me, but The Elephant Whisperers was more successful. I felt very emotionally connected to these elephants through the short and i loved seeing little ragu and <laughs> it was just it was so sweet and i just felt the felt the connection between them mm-hmm. and this elephant and it was a really another really easy watch for me how do you measure a year really got to me because of personal reasons so father daughter stories always just get me and when i was little my dad recorded me every year on my birthday where he would ask my sister and me, the same questions over and over again. And it's funny because we haven't watched those videos back in a while, but I'm sure you could see the change in like how I answered those questions when I was three and was really excited and how I answered them when I was nine and was annoyed and embarrassed (laughs) that he was asking me where I lived (laughs) on my birthday video. So yeah, I, I thought that that was really successful in capturing what that relationship is like and how that relationship changes over time. And he really redeemed himself from When We Were Bullies because I really did not like When We Were Bullies. So I thought that this was so much more successful than his previous short that was nominated.
1: And that was a personal story too, but this is more so. And yeah, I love that, you know, even as a child, one of his questions is, What does power mean? Can you define power? And the way her answers change, even as a little girl, it just really puts life in perspective in a really interesting way. I don't want to say that it's scary, but, you know, it is really telling. And I love at the very end, it gets very emotional. But to talk about dreams and wanting happiness, like, I think a lot of people will be able to identify and like this short too.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So who do you think should win?
1: I'm going to go with how do you measure a year? I'm not sure it will, just because looking at those previous winners, it either skews political or at a really important figure. I mean, I would also really love to see the Martha Mitchell effect win. That short was just explosive in its story. I really love that. So either of those, I would say, what about you? What do you think should win?
0: I? I'm leaning towards how do you measure a year. I feel like of the group, this one was the most memorable and creative to me in like, how the footage was put together. And I love thinking about how a filmmaker put together footage from many years and created something like this. I actually do think it's going to win. If we think about titles again, this title is really strong and it's a riff on the Seasons of Love song from Rent, which most people know, I think. So I feel like I can see it. I can see it going all the way in this category.
1: Okay, well, that was fun. That was a nice short episode on all of the short categories. Next time on Oscar Wilde, we'll be getting to some of the above the line categories, which is really exciting. Only a few more episodes left. We'll be talking about best actor and best actress.
0: Yeah, two of our biggest categories this season. At the moment of this recording right now, we just got our BAFTA winners. So there we had Austin Butler and Kate Blanchett. We will see if that changes at SAG or if these two will be our Oscar winners. We don't get into predicting as much during this episode. We just talk about all of their performances and what we liked, what we didn't like, and we had a special guest on for that too, which was very fun.
1: Yeah, Cameron Sheets was on. I can't wait for everyone to listen to this episode. Talking about the predicting, right before the Oscars, our last episode will be our Oscar predictions, so those are coming. You can also check those out on our website if you'd like to at oscarwild.squarespace.com where we have all of our updated predictions. You can look at the award season fantasy draft, how all of those points are shaking out as well.
0: Yeah. And if you like our show, please feel free to rate, review, and follow. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at OscarwildPod. And if you really like our show, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Oscar where we have a fun bonus series and a bonus episode coming on the career of one of our Oscar-nominated actresses, Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: I'm excited for that too. Yeah. Well, thank you all, and we will see you very soon.
0: Thanks, everyone. See you next time.